It's time to go into business for yourself. Get ready for another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. Education, insight, and inspiration. Here's your host, small business and franchise expert, Tom Scarda. Welcome to another episode of the Franchise Academy. This is Tom Scarda. Thank you for listening in and welcome aboard. I'm really excited for my guest today. We have Deborah Sweeney from mycorporation.com. And I uh, just want to remind you guys that, you know, the franchiseacademy.com has everything you need in order to learn about franchising, including our new online masterclass, the A to Z's on how to buy a franchise. So if you don't want to listen to me draw draw all day long, my Brooklyn uh, accent, then you could listen to uh, the video online. Um, it's actually 45 videos on how to buy a franchise. So just go to the franchiseacademy.com, look for the online course, and you can pick it up there. So today we have Deborah Sweeney, and I am so excited. Deborah is a lawyer by trade, but she's the founder or one of the founders of mycorporation.com, which will help you with your incorporation needs. So when you're buying a franchise, you need to have an LLC or a subcorp, and, and we'll get into the details. And it kind of separates you and your personal assets from your business assets. So Deborah, welcome. Hey, Tom. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. This is so great. Thanks for coming back. The first, the first podcast we did many years ago, before we even did video, um, was just a, a great amount of information. It's still out there. People could listen to it. But I wanted to bring you back in and, and just talk about what's going on now. We're kind of um, post-pandemic, if you will. So what's happening with corporations these days and, and all of that kind of good stuff. So, so first, tell us, what is my corporation? What's your mission? Our mission is to help small businesses get started and grow with their legal filings in compliance, right? So we help businesses incorporate or form LLCs. We help them get their business licenses. When they're onboarding for payroll, we help them with unemployment documents, EINs for taxes, all the way to trademarks. So all the really exciting, fun stuff about business, but we try to make it uh, as simple as possible. So take it out of your hands and, and deal with it um, so that you can focus on your business, which is awesome. Absolutely. So when I moved my uh, corporation from New York to Florida last year, I uh, used mycorporation.com to do all my uh, incorporation needs. And uh, matter of fact, we're going to start a trademarking um, process okay. with you guys. So, Perfect. So how do we do? Well, you guys did really well and Good. actually filled me in on things I didn't realize I needed to do because it's the state of Florida, a little bit different than New York. And mm. so it was an awesome experience. Good. I think that's one of the things we do best as we've talked about is the notion of knowing the state rules and understanding what the each nuance of different states and working with the secretaries of state and doing those filings. So it's good to hear that was a good experience because that's where we pride ourselves. Yeah, it's a great experience. Moreover, I hear from you guys every quarter because uh, I signed mm -hmm. up for you guys to do my filing. So. Good, good. <laughs> we keep you in thing. track. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. It's a beautiful thing. So tell us, why, why is an entity selection important for a business owner? 
I think the key reasons, sometimes it's just necessity, right? If someone's starting a franchise, in, in essence, by law, often they have to be incorporated or form an LLC. It's a requirement under the franchise laws in most jurisdictions. So there's that piece of it's a necessity. If you have a business license or you own you're a certain type of business, then the structure is required. You're a doctor, you're an attorney, um, you're a contractor. By your licensing agency, you have to be incorporated. Then there's the necessity of um, when you're working for a government agency or you're working as a contractor. So you're required by the hiring board that hires you in order to be incorporated. Separate all of that. The requirements is that it is a benefit to you from multiple levels. One is tax savings and opportunities for FICA tax savings relative to payroll. Um, there's the added level of professionalism, right? You hold yourself out as a corporate structure or a business rather than a sole proprietor, independent owner. Uh, and then there's also the ability to get loans. So most banks require that you have, if you're a business, a corporate structure or to take on partners. You want to have a structure to offer them ownership interests. In your business. So all of those are the, the why you would want it, but sometimes it's required. So any of those would run the gamut of a small business owner deciding to incorporate or form an LLC. Super. So if you're starting a franchise and so you're a new franchisee, it's, it's just about mandatory actually to have an entity. So what does that look like? What does the process looks like, look like with my corporation? And, and even if you could tell me how much it would cost somebody, if, if you don't mind telling us that. Yeah. The biggest variable with cost, just to start working backwards, is usually the state. So you mentioned you um, were incorporated in New York and then you incorporated in Florida. Different states have different state laws and so different state filing requirements in California. Mm-hmm. There's a minimum franchise tax of $800, but often some of the taxes are paid because you're making money and you're going to pay taxes anyway as a function of doing business. So there are that's um, a fee that is required when you sign up and register. The my corporation fee, which is basically to walk you through the process we take in, it's really minimal the amount of information you need to provide your business name, your home address, your registered agent address, which is an address for the service of your legal documents, all the way to just the owners of the business. That's it. And then we prepare what's called the articles of incorporation or articles of formation. We file it with the secretary of state and the agency or the location where you want to be filed. And then we uh, communicate with the agency in order to get the documents back to you and then ultimately uh, deliver them to you as a corporate package. And you'll get you know, your bylaws or operating agreement, um, corporate resolution samples, um, stock certificates. So these are the things that when you're having to prove your corporate existence with your tax ID and your stock certificates that you're demonstrating um, to either the bank or to your governing agency or licensing board that you have the documentation you need in order to hold yourself out as a corporation. It's also super common needed um, when you're opening a bank account. So when you're opening a small business bank account or you're signing up for payroll, these are the documents you provide to your um, to the per- people asking. Yep. I was just going to say that. So yeah, you, if you're starting a business, you need a business account and yep. you cannot get a business account without an EIN, which is employee identification number. Is that right? Yes, exactly. Okay. You could do my job. You don't need me. <laughs> oh, no, I do need you. Please yeah. stay. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so we do is a tax ID and it's often it's it's always required to open a bank account. So it's like you use your social to open your personal. You need a tax ID to open your business bank account banks ask for it. We work a lot with banks because banks need to help clients get their tax IDs. So it's a common connection there. Oh, okay. I didn't even realize that. That's awesome. So if somebody wanted to get in touch with you guys to form their corporation or their LLC, how does somebody go about that? The site's mycorporation.com. One of the things we pride ourselves on on the site is to offer lots of content. You can have tools that help you decide which type of entity might be best for you. You can have 
giving tools access and just information. What types of industries are people incorporating? Whether you form a corporation or an LLC, what state you incorporate in. So a lot of what we offer is trying to just educate and give information. And then from there, uh, we can help you do with the, the filings at all levels. And so, again, you may need something very specific, like a state withholding ID because you're starting payroll, or you may need something like a corporation or just an S election, or to your point, you're opening a bank account and you need your tax ID. All of that are reasons that customers come to us to help uh, get the answers that they need. So that is awesome. I want to uh, change gears a little bit since we're the Franchise Academy and talk a little bit about franchising uh, specifically. So what tips might you have for someone that's thinking about starting a franchise or really just starting their own business? Sure. I mean, I think the first things are thinking about how you get your business established, right? What type of business entity you're going to be, what type of business you're going to be in. So a lot of times with franchising, it's nice because there's certain business models that are already established, right? So you can follow the guidelines of that. You're not having to always think about the marketing plan, the builds out, et cetera. A lot of that's um, preordained for you, which is a very significant value add. If you're an entrepreneur, you're worried about all these these other things as well as the corporate structure. Um, And then it's about forming your corporate structure, right? Establishing your business, what your model is, um, and then the operating agreement, how you run the business, who's, who are the owners, um, where are you forming, what's your corporate structure is like, and then how you're going to grow the business, right? So your marketing channels and those avenues. So all of those are considerations for a small business early, early stage. Yeah. Fantastic. So there's so many different entities. So there's not just a corporation, but there's different types of corporations and there's so, you know, sole proprietorships and all sorts of crazy things. How does somebody know what they should be? It's, a, it's good to talk about um, corporations and businesses in the spectrum. So when you start at one level, you might be a DBA or business license or sole proprietor. And that's a very uh, entry level sort of um, startup structure. And that often is just one single person doing business by themselves with an appropriate business license based on where their entity is formed. So for example, I'm in Los Angeles and Los Angeles has certain business license requirements. If you open a restaurant or a retail organization, Etc. So you would just have that. And then you might have what's called a partnership, which is you, you and another party or two, um, where it's not a corporate structure, but it is um, an arrangement between two parties, often under which you can get a tax ID and open a bank account under the partnership. The next structure up would sort of be the notion of either a corporation or an LLC. And those are formalized corporate structures that we've been talking about, which is at the state level, you actually file the documents with the Secretary of State and you're an organized official structure, very much like having um, a social security number for an individual. You now have a tax ID for an independent, separate corporation. The big thing where people get kind of confused or hung up is the difference between a corporation and an LLC. And both provide liability protection, both provide an umbrella between the individual business asset the assets of the individual and the business assets. So those are, you want to separate those out and make sure that they're not commingled. Both types of structures give you that opportunity. Where they're different is an LLC was formed more recently, technically in the last 60 years to um, make it simpler for small businesses to form a business. So not all of the corporate structure of holding an official meeting, having to have all the minutes and bylaws. So there's not as much corporate formality associated with an LLC as with a corporation. So many small business owners choose an LLC 
It has passed through taxation, meaning you're taxed at the individual level as if you were a partnership. And so it's not as um, formalized and structured. A corporation is more common when someone's looking to hold shares or sell shares of ownership. And so then that structure is required because you issue stock certificates, you follow corporate formalities. It's, it's a bit different. Again, different um, licensing boards have different requirements. So if you're a lawyer, you often, in some most states, you have to have a particular entity like a limited liability partnership, which is a whole different entity altogether. So some types of um, agencies or licensing boards require you to form a specific type of organization. But if you're choosing between a corporation or an LLC, the more common for small businesses is an LLC, then there's this S corporation election. And that election can be attached to either an LLC or a corporation. And it just means that there's flow through taxation from the corporate down to the individual, meaning you're not paying taxes at the corporate level. And then again, at the individual distribution, you're just paying at one time. And that's a value for many business owners so that they're not taxed twice. They call it double taxation. Yeah. So that's sort of the, the structure difference. There's nonprofits, there's benefit corporations. There's a whole slew of corporate structures in the corporate world. But I think as it relates to franchises, we're mostly talking about LLCs or corporations. So if, um, say, I start up as an LLC because that's easy and I'm just a single unit, but now I'm looking like, wow, I want to buy the whole area and I want to buy mm -hmm. three more or what have you. Mm -hmm. Can I change from LLC to a subcorp S or a C or whatever? Yes. There are certain nuances in terms of corporate structure changes. And once you change once, some states require a minimum of five years to go from a corporation to an S corporation and back. But the truth is from a corporate structure, right, without sounding too legal, you can change structures in any you can go from an LLC to a corporation. You can dissolve your corporation in one state and reform in another state. So a lot of times we talk about people feeling like they're making this final terminal decision here on what type of entity structure to be. And it's it's really not the end of the world if you form a structure and then you make an amendment and change that structure. Or you're based in you know Colorado and you decide to move to Ohio and you want to close one and open someplace else. That's absolutely viable and not insanely complicated. Oh, all right. Well, that's great information. So a lot of times, probably more often than not, a new franchise owner is kind of under the gun to kind of get franchise agreements signed and and make it happen, um, get this thing up and running. So can they um, sign up as an LLC just to kind of get it done quick and then down the road just change it or or whatever, right? That's yep. you're saying that, that could be done. You can file an amendment um, to make a change. It's called a legal document term. It's called an amendment. You can also um, close the um, one entity and open another entity, um, which is called an entity and then um, forming another structure. So you can absolutely make those changes. It's not, um, like I mentioned, it's not fatal to form one type of entity and then decide later you want to have it be different. You can also, um, you might learn that you're incorporated in one state and then you have employees in another state. So you need to what's called foreign qualify or um, add additional states to your original formation. So those that's very viable. Um, there's situations where someone um, was in California, the tax laws were not favorable. They had no, no other reason to be there except that they formed originally there, they would then move maybe to Texas where they might have um, more favorable tax laws for small businesses. So it's very, very common. Um, there are nuances, you know, you, don't, you can't exactly forum shop, really. You have to be based where your headquarters is, um, but there's nothing saying your headquarters can't move or you can't have employees in one jurisdiction and have those, um, have entities formed in those jurisdictions as well. 
The question I often get is um, a lot of people I work with buy multiple franchises. Does each franchise unit need their own corporation or LLC? It's fairly common to have each franchise unit have its own corporation or LLC. Um, There are some uh, occasions for an umbrella entity and then different um, DBAs or business licenses under each. The reason you would see value to having one for each is like someone who holds personal property, right? They, they own multiple houses, something could happen at one that they don't want to impact the other. So the same would hold true. If you hold multiple franchises, you may consider um, an event or an employee matter or a slip and fall or a liability issue at one that doesn't affect the others. But with that said, holding multiple entities can be a burden, right? It's, it's, you do have to maintain them. You do have to file annual reports. There is a cost associated with it. So there's that exchange of um, keeping everything very separate. But if you have, for example, separate owners, say um, franchise one has owner A and B, franchise two has owners B and C, that would be even more reason to keep them separate, to keep the assets independent with each and the owners. But if they're all the same owner, you may consider one corporation with different business licenses or DBAs under it. One of the most common ways people are financing their franchise these days is through what's called a 401k rollover. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So for those listeners that don't know about it, it's actually a phenomenal way to start a business because you're using your own money. Essentially, if you, if you are separated from an organization where you started a 401k, you could use that money tax-free and penalty-free to start a, a new business. So in that in that kind of um, financing situation, does it require a certain type of corporation? Right. There are very specific laws. It's interesting because we partner with a lot of 401k rollover partners who support this process. And um, it is very structured, right? It's very particular. You need to form one type of entity for the 401k that's being held in and then another for the business. Um, So yes, it's it's fairly nuancey. But the thing is that when you're in that process of rolling over your 401k, we'll give you that information of what's required for the first stage to take the money out to then um, put it into the new structure. And while we don't give legal advice and we're not necessarily in Involved in the rollover process, we are involved in the formation process, and that's a big piece of the puzzle. So you're right on that, that it's very specific on the structure type. Yes. And we have um, common partners in a few different companies around yeah. the country that that do that. So if, you, if you're listening now and you're thinking about a 401k rollover plan, please con- contact me uh, at the Franchise Academy and we will set you up. And then ultimately you will work with Deborah's company, my corporation, to actually get your incorporation papers and your EIN and all that. So it's it's so cool. So it's all kind of wrapped up in one. We're all friends and just helping people um, change their lives one franchise at a time, right? It's true. true. It's (laughs) exciting. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so great. It's so great. Um, And there's so much information. And so I appreciate you coming out and talking about this stuff. I did want to just touch on the nuances of, you know, to use your word, what's going on with um, kind of pandemic stuff. Um, So has has COVID-19 and the pandemic and all that kind of stuff affected your business and what you see people doing with LLCs and corporations and things like that? One thing we've seen a lot of is independent contractors. We've seen a ton of people who had maybe a small sole proprietorship or a side 
business um, that left corporate America to become consultants um, or to work independently in a freelance type fashion, wherein they have to incorporate to work for some of these organizations. So there's laws that say um, that corporations protect themselves with because they want to only hire independent contractors that are incorporated. They don't want it to appear as if they're employing people outside of the, the legal employment laws. So they require you to incorporate um, as an independent contractor consultant. And we've seen a lot of that and it's super common. Um, we've also seen a lot of gig workers who used to kind of do ancillary small work here and there, turn that into a full-time job. So even um, Amazon delivery, Amazon businesses, um, any type of delivery service um, that becomes sort of bigger than just a small um, one person shop has um, more often than not now been incorporating. So we have seen really big success around um, those types of businesses where we've seen a little less is, you know, retail, right? There's not a lot of people that have opened retail stores lately, but with that, it seems like all of that is now making a comeback and we're seeing kind of a rejuvenation of that, of that world. So is is that your prediction going forward from 2021 and into the 22? You think we're going to see more retail establishments? uh, I do. I do. I think between that and interesting ideas that you'd never consider, people starting um, trucking businesses that cross state lines have to incorporate, um, people servicing delivery services. And um, so, so areas of business where we wouldn't necessarily have predicted major growth, but we're seeing it inclusive of retail, even restaurants. I think I read a statistic that only uh, there's only been a 17 decline, 17% decline in restaurants, um, which is far less than we anticipated. Um, so even the restaurants are finding innovative ways to deliver their services, whether oh, yeah. You know, yeah, exactly delivery or new products and services for delivery. Anyway. So I feel like people have found ways to reinvent themselves that haven't necessarily led to a definitive decline um, in, in small business startups. Yeah. Yeah. So, so have you, you seen the numbers kind of click up a little bit during COVID? We have. So we saw an immediate decline um, at the beginning of COVID and then a rapid um, increase. And I think a lot of that came from tax um, day got delayed, as we all know, last year. Um, So it moved to July. And we work a lot with CPAs who are giving financial advice to incorporate because it makes sense financially for many business owners. And then we just saw an uptick and we've seen growth ever since then. So since July of 2020, we've seen um, pretty significant growth um, in our plan, which is fantastic. Yeah. And interestingly, in employment hires, so even as we work with payroll providers, we're seeing growth from, from payroll and new employment hires. People are working to hire and bring back on um, new employees, which is awesome. And this is kind of where the real information is, as opposed to like what you might read on somebody's blog yeah. that's very slanted about whatever their views are. The amount of people buying or starting businesses right now or turning their, you know, what they call a side hustle into a real business now is astronomical. Uh, Even here in in the franchise world, the the numbers are up. Um, Actually, I was just doing a Google search and keyword search for the word franchise, and it's up 43 percent on Google since um, April of last year. So um, it's exciting stuff going on. Um, so I, I appreciate that. Again, what is the best way for people to get in touch with my corporation? The best way is um, mycorporation.com. We have customer service at mycorporation.com. Or we have a Facebook page if people want it. We have chat on our website. But if you just want to call it 
friends, we have a toll-free number. We're hyper, hyper focused on, on customer service. So that's our focus. And that's where we drive um, our success from is building relationships with our clients and partners. So call us anytime. We're happy to talk. Right. And um, so what, what's the saying? I'm not, I'm not just a, a client, but I'm also a a user or whatever. I forget what it is, but I'm, right. I'm a client. So um, I highly recommend right. using my corporation to find your stuff, get your LLC straightened out and get your EIN as soon as possible. Um, claim your territory for your franchise and get rolling because this, I believe we're on the crest of a wave here that is just going to just get bigger over the next year. And people are desperate to do things and get out. Yeah. Um, and so Get whatever if you're thinking about franchising, get started. So, Deborah, thank you so much for coming on the Franchise Academy again. Thanks for having me, Tom. My pleasure. Anytime. Happy to come Absolutely. back. Absolutely. Yep. We'll talk again soon. Thank you. Perfect. Take care. This has been another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. For more info, go to our website, thefranchiseacademypodcast.com. Remember to subscribe to Tom Scarta's YouTube channel for educational videos on franchising, education, insight, and inspiration.